Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Tuesday morning and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we grind it out right here on a Tuesday edition. Jeff, good morning. Always good to have you in. And and just like last week, it's raining. Yeah, this is just a Groundhog Day. It's just pouring <laughs> yeah, we just, in. We just don't have a Jeep. No. No Jeep. <laughs> It'd be nice to have one, though. Yeah. I mean, it just one. Well, you have a Jeep. Not that I, I, Jeep. Well, I do, but it is definitely not dressed for any type of weather at all. <laughs> or or having a ground well, maybe having a groundhog in it. It would be difficult. <laughs> it would be very difficult. But man, what what a difference a week makes. You know, since the last time I talked to you, signing day's completed for the University of Tennessee top ten class. Uh Tennessee's play Kentucky over the weekend. XFL, week number one is in the books. And uh some some rather notable names are now free agents in the NFL and that's kind of where we'll start start our show right here start our show that's a that must have been a smart pack smart pack he's stepping in there but uh as we start today's show talking a little bit about the the I heard it this morning put this way and I thought it was just that's the best way to put it the divorce is complete Philip Rivers and the Chargers have separated completely he's now a free agent and uh, and I thought yesterday, I watched his little press conference. I don't know if you caught any of that. But he talked about just, I've done all I can do. You know, I, I think I, I've put it out there and that, that he's he's interested in playing in another team. You know, I think he – and he will. You know, the, the way I look at it is he will go to one of these places that needs a quick plug-and-play. Um, and, and the thing is, I thought last night – I. I don't know exactly who that is that that somebody unless he's okay being a backup then there's a lot of places you can go but I, I don't know somebody who just needs a a one or two guy because I think the Dolphins I mean they're literally their Twitter and Instagram account says this many days until Lord Tua arrives Lord Tua that's what they're putting wow on there. and I'm like oh so <laughs> you're going there but anyway. Uh, I don't think that's their official <laughs> Twitter and Instagram, but their their fan pages fully expect Tua to be their guy. Uh, I think the Bengals, you know, are going to go go their way and get Joe Burrow. Uh, I, I think the Browns have their guy in Baker Mayfield. Yeah. I think he's a good piece. He just he needs to get a little smarter between the ears, but I think he's okay. I'll be interested what the Raiders would do. I mean, that was I, my first thought was the yeah. Raiders. I, I I look for the Raiders. Um, I'm looking at I, if if he's willing to be a backup, I wouldn't rule out the Steelers because they're looking for somebody's season to be behind Ben for the next two years and maybe help develop one of the young guys. Because, I just really hope it's not the Broncos. Well. Because they would need to be a backup there. Because Drew Locke, I mean, Drew Locke's the piece. It, it makes me wonder if will he be willing to – accept that role um i i think he's gonna be slim pickings on finding a starting spot the raiders would be one i think um i'm sitting here like you ever you ever go through teams in your head there's just no good fit for him 
unless he's okay to be a backup or at least not be or have a really good battle on his hands. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, you you think about it. Arizona's got a got a guy. Houston's got a guy. Dallas is probably set now. Now here's the here's the the flip coin of the Dallas situation. Mike McCarthy. Yeah. You know, is he is he sold on Dak Prescott? Well, I mean, I think the money says you've got to be you've got to take Dak. And Dak wants to get paid too. Yeah. You know, does he hold out? What do you do if he holds out? Well, hey, well and, here's Philip Rivers. Well, and and the thing is, is I think you talk about you talk about exiting a Hugo and and walking into a Cadillac. Oh yeah. I mean, Philip Rivers is going to throw a lot to the other team. His completion percentage will stay high, but I mean, there's there it's arguable maybe, but I don't think so, that uh, he would have a lot more pieces to work with in, in Dallas than he would uh, anywhere else. That's been the problem in in San Diego. They've just never given him enough to play with. I mean, There's he's, Philly, too. Now, that's true. Because Carson Wentz is only good for about eight games a he's, year. Yeah, he's too soft. Yeah, you, 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 yeah you're going to get eight great games out of Wentz, <laughs> and then his hangnail breaks, and then – you need somebody in there because you let Nick Foles walk and yeah, bad day. It is. But I think that that's an interesting concept because not only are you going to have Philip Rivers, that's official. Like that's out there, right? But there's a real good, you know, looming cloud that Tom Brady's going to be available. Yeah, that's I, the one that I'm like, I think he will be. I do. So here's the question. Mike McCarthy's in Dallas. Tom Brady's available. Does Jerry Jones pull the pull the trigger and say you're going to take him? Ooh, if if he wants that relationship to last, McCarthy and Jerry Jones, then he lets McCarthy make the decisions. Jerry lives in Jerry's world where, you know, all of a sudden he sees Tom Brady's name out there and he thinks, "Whoa." I could see Jerry going, "Hey, We'll we'll do whatever you want to, Mike, as long as it's what I want to. Yes, that's the way that's I a, see this too. That's exactly how that's going. But I see really that being the I don't want to say the only landing spot because again, San Diego's going to be open or not yeah. San Diego, L.A. I I will call them San Diego until the cows come. Here's home. the kicker though: if if your team's not good enough for Philip Rivers. I can almost unless just Tom Brady wants to go down there and hang out in L.A., which maybe he does. I don't know. It'd be nice. I'm Him sure. and Giselle probably already got a spot. In That's LA. possible, but unless you know they make some major changes, one they're probably not going to afford him and somebody else, right. and two, he's not going to want to go there. He he knows that if he hits the market, he is going to have a major say in where he goes because people are going to be like, "Hey, come play for us," and he can be like, "Nah, I'm good." I don't know. Hey, I'll tell you another spot that I just thought of for either one of them. Tennessee. Yeah. Because Tannehill, is, he's a keeper. He's yes. a keeper because he's a gamer and he put it out there for you. Yeah. But he's not a long-term fix. Not no. Neither is either one of these guys. And, and but I think Tannehill's like a – he's maybe a, a splash-in-the-pan one-two-year guy where these other two could probably give you three, four years. Yes, and they got to be careful because I'm sure – after what Tannehill did, he's probably wanting to see some money come his way. And it'll be interesting because, I mean, they can't overpay him. 
Because, like you said, he's probably not going to be there that many years. And I think, um, I think, what's his name? Uh, Derek Henry. He's coming up on some money. He wants to get paid also. He needs to get paid. Like that's, He does. That's maybe, if he can continue this, and, and running that hard, he's not going to be able to have a long, long career. No. But, I mean, this is not a once-in-a-decade type player. This is maybe a once-in-a-lifetime player, if he can continue to run this way. Yeah. I mean, this is... This is Jerome Bettis, but with more speed. Yeah, I agree with that. This is this is fullback meets running back stage two. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the new and improved, right? I mean, I'll never forget. One of my favorite pictures of all time is Derrick Henry doing the coin flip in the national championship game with Alabama. And, and Mark Ingram, Heisman Trophy winner, walks out there with him. And he looks And it looks little... like a tight end yeah. and a kick returner. It was terrible. Yeah. And and that's Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's a, a freaking man. Yes. And the thing is, is you got to pay him. And Ryan Tannehill wants money. But I don't know that Ryan Tannehill don't need to go to L.A. and try to see if they can give him money. But I think that's an interesting dynamic, especially locally. A lot of Titans fans out there. And if, if you got an opinion, if you say you want Tannehill or you want Rivers or Brady, uh, give us a call, 865-983-4300. One zero again. That's eight six five nine eight three four three one zero. I yeah. don't know. I it, I guess. Sorry, I I keep derailing it because it'll like be squirrel. interesting in the next you know few weeks. And here here's what happens. And here's the problem. Everyone right now is sitting here going, "Ooh, Phil Rivers." And you know what's going to happen? The next week when Brady says, "You know what? Yeah, I'm a free agent now." Everyone's going to be like, "Phil Rivers, who? What? Tom Brady? Yeah." Well, and and it's the domino. So with Phil Rivers out, now L.A. Chargers are available. Yeah. If Tom Brady goes free agent, now New England Patriots are available. Oh, and they're so because here's the thing. That's exactly right. Like this isn't this isn't Patriots. Jimmy Garoppolo is the backup. This isn't even. This is, isn't even what, – what was uh, the guy who, uh, when Brady broke his leg? Matt Castle. Matt Castle. This isn't even Matt Castle no. backup good. We don't even know who the backup is. I, I got to find it out. <laughs> let's, let's think about it for a minute. But, but here's, the, here's the dominoes. Like, you know, it's kind of the whole, if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. Mm-hmm. I think at some rate, some of these teams have got a big decision to make. They do. Because if you go out there and court one of these guys and it doesn't work – then you've got an angry quarterback sitting on your hands. Oh, absolutely. And I think the Raiders are going to be in that boat because there's been discussion ever since Gruden took the job that he wanted Tua. And, I mean, there's there's ways to where he could probably get in position to get him. They didn't tank enough. Well, for Tua. here's the thing. Maybe they're just going to spend enough. And well, that's move, true. Move they right could. Up. Yeah. Somebody's playing the who slots out there. Who was it that uh, has contacted the Bengals for the number one spot? I have no idea. Ah, oh, it was on. It was just. It was just one little small blurb as I was kind of scrolling. But somebody has contacted the Bengals about moving up. I I, I can't remember. But I tell you, who's the steal of the draft at the quarterback position? And and you're going to be like, I don't know. Who? Jalen Hurts. Really? I love Jalen yeah. Hurts. He's a I, winner. I I don't think you can go wrong with him. Because he has proven that he can pass and run, and he has a winning attitude, and he just – I think he's got it between the ears. I really do. He he reminds me a lot, and he's not as big, and he doesn't have as big of an arm, but I think he's ever a bit of as elusive. He reminds me of Deshaun Watson. Okay. Yeah, not, I'll give you that. You know, you know, the thing is it doesn't necessarily look to translate, and a lot of questions come uh, on the 
you know, especially his Oklahoma time, the defenses he saw. But I think you talk about a guy, you, you listen to this pedigree, offensive pedigree. He played at Alabama and played at Oklahoma. Preparedness and well-rounded offensive mind, you don't get any better than that. No. No, you learned from – I mean, he had Kiffin as an OC. He had yeah. – the, the, what's his name? Mike Dable, who's, who was the OC at, at Buffalo and the Patriots. Um, yeah. And, and then he had Lincoln Riley, who – he'll be an NFL coach in the next five years. I think so, too. So, I just think he's really smart between the ears. I think he's a, he's a, he's a hybrid Deshaun Watson RG3, but he's a lot smarter. And I love – like his statement sold me on him when he said, you know, when you're hungry, you know, you'll fight. But he said, when you're starving, you'll not stop. And I was like, that's my guy right yeah, there. That's true. Yeah. You know, and that's something that's something a mature player would say too. You wouldn't hear that from, you know, somebody who, who doesn't have that attitude. They're probably a little immature. You know, that's – He's seasoned. I mean, Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in this class. Let me go ahead and validate so people don't think I'm an idiot. But Joe Burrow is the most ready, tools, everything like that. But like a low-hanging fruit, second, third-round guy that that could really play well for you, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to find out who who the Patriots' backup is. (laughs) I wouldn't want to be him. Backup QB. Turn starter. Jared Stidham. Oh, that guy. Yeah, mm. totally familiar with him. Well, that was as of August 31st. Whew, that could totally have changed by now. <laughs> you know, Jared Stidham's who it's who it's looking looking to be. That was at tw- well, that was as of December 29, 2019. And and like we talked just a little bit ago, I think that right there contributes to the soon to be divorce from the Patriots and and Tom Brady. But you know, well, how sweet would it be for me, me because you're really. I mean, I think you like Peyton maybe better than Tom. Oh yes. But but what I'm saying is is how sweet would it be for for Tennessee fans, for Peyton fans, or whatever, for Jared Stidham to come in next year and win 12 ball games? I would be a little surprised. Well, see, I wouldn't because Matt Castle won 10 or 11 and took him to the playoffs when when Brady broke his leg. They had a better defense. Well, but. not just better defense though, but look at look at who all was in that cast also that year. I mean, he had wide receivers, he had tight ends, he had he had other pieces in in the in the hey, toolbox. Don't you rain on my parade. <laughs> you you look at what he's got now and I mean he's got what, Edelman? <clears throat> yeah. And And Sony Michelle. Yeah. Yeah. And that other running back guy. And that's the problem. I mean, they don't use just one running back. They use like seven. Mm-hmm. You can't Use you can't just pick one and be like, that's my guy because he Sonny might not Michelle's, even play that game. Sony Michelle's like the feature back and he gets like six carries. Yeah, game. you can't. That's I mean, it works for him, which mm. makes me mad, but right. whatever. Yeah, but you're not going to win with uh, Jared Stenham and Ben Watson as your your big no. time tight end. And, and that's the problem is you could definitely make that argument that yeah, that was a system. And when Brady went out, Castle stepped in. It proved he was a system quarterback because when he went to what KC the next year, got that big contract, and he flopped. Yeah, it was like, yeah, you could tell. Hey, that's a really working system that they've got there. I don't think they have that anymore. Um, I think this is this is why this breakup is going to be messy. That system's not there. They didn't they didn't perform like they wanted to last year. They don't have a clear backup. 
which is partly Brady and Kraft. Um, so here, here's the quarterbacks that could come out, and I don't know how this this topic has went into this realm. Who but knows? hey, that's what it is. It's it's fans. It's it's how things work. All of a sudden, you know, next thing you know, we're mortgaging houses. And that's stuff. right. But anyway, nonetheless, uh, here's the quarterbacks that are that are in this draft class: uh, Joe Burrow, Tua Tagovailoa. Let me back up. Uh, Justin Herbert from Oregon. That's a name that that kind of slides down. Maybe maybe the 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 headlines, but I mean, I think he's on a lot of radars for GMs. Think Tennessee uh, will take another Oregon quarterback? Probably not. <laughs> probably not. Jordan Love from Utah State. Again, he's six four two twenty three. He's got the frame for it. He's coming out early as a redshirt junior. Jacob Eason. You remember the former Georgia quarterback he's turned Washington? One that I want to see where he goes. Jake Fromm. There's another one. I there's want to another see. interesting one. Uh, I'm trying to pull up beyond that, but but there's more than 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 kind of meets the eye. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, who's who's beyond? There's Jacob Eason, Stephen Montez, quarterback from Colorado. Jalen Hurts. He's re, he's rated as the eighth best quarterback in this draft class. That's terrible. And I think it's pro projection because you know you don't run as much in the league, which I argue that fact. Yeah. Look at look at the uh, even even the final four. Look at the AFC and NFC championship game. You had Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, you and and Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah. And even Aaron Rodgers moves. Yeah, he was known to he was known to run for a first down every now he's and then. A, he's a scrambler. He's not a yeah. runner. He's a scrambler. But but the thing is, I, I would think the NFL is tr- if if you're ever going to take a chance on a running quarterback, it's better now. Oh yeah, like it, it. You know, back when RG three came out, back when even Johnny Menzel and those guys, which Johnny Menzel was just an idiot. Let's go ahead and put that <laughs> out there. But uh, but here's the deal: the the NFL is more equipped to have a running quarterback. You have leaner offensive linemen. You have yeah. you have systems that work for mobile quarterbacks. I mean, who would have ever thought Kyler Murray would have been a first overall pick? Like. And actually be decent. Like, yeah. he wasn't bad. No, he wasn't bad. Arizona's a tough place for anybody. Yeah. But uh, he's not bad. Ooh, I just thought of another spot for for a quarterback of either one of those calibers. Just because I like the, the coach. Tampa. I like yeah. Bruce Arians. Like, I just think he's like the stuff. You know, I would have to say that Bruce Arians would be very happy to get one of those guys. Because he, it's more of a Philip Rivers fit than it is a Tom yes, Brady fit, and, and he would be extremely happy to get somebody down there that probably could listen, has seen some things, and be like, maybe bounce some stuff back off of him. Like, hey, what if I did this instead even, of hey, I'll just throw some interceptions. Well, and even if hey, and he and uh, he and oh, uh, what's his name? Oh, what's his name? It's like gone for just a half second. You talking about the guy who's at Tampa right now? XFL? No, no, no. I'm oh. talking about the 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 quarterback at Tampa for the Buccaneers. Oh, uh, James Winston. Winston. Yeah. Winston. I was like Jamarcus. No, that's not it. Je- no, no, that's not it. But Jameis Winston and Philip Rivers, maybe the largest collection of interceptions you've oh, ever seen. Oh, absolutely. Room. No, I mean doubt. they could relate. Be like, I see what you're doing there, but I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't throw it to my own guy. I'd throw it to someone else. But do you think this last this last move could could be positioning uh, Philip Rivers to to kind of slide into that coaching window? Because he's that guy that looks to be the next quarterback turn coach. Do you think he has the mentality for it? 
I think until he goes off on somebody and gets fired. Yeah. Because I think he's that guy, but I love it. I like, mean, that's my kind of He's got a lot of experience. He's got a great pedigree from being a quarterback and learning. And I mean, Jim Harbaugh was pretty wild, wide open as a quarterback, too. I, I just I, I see him like you do. Like, he's going to go off on somebody and he's going to get folded up in half on the sidelines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe he could start back in college, though. Yeah. Go back to NC State and maybe coach a little bit there. With and Dave Doran. Yeah. <laughs> Only reason I know that name is because it, it it was a nightmare for about maybe ten hours when we thought we were going to hire get him. him. But anyway, anyway, we've completely got off the reservation. But the long and skinny of this segment is Philip Rivers is open on the market away from the L.A. Chargers, and Tom Brady has yet to resign, has yet to go on the market, but looks to be. Uh, trending right into free agency that he's going to be available to. Where do they go? I think that's the next few weeks, the next few months, uh, a discussion to be had. And and I think when they land, if they land, however they choose to go, uh, we'll, of course, talk about it right here. But uh, as we go out of this first break, want to give a little shout-out to 42SD, 42nd Street Marketing here in Maryville, as they have, have looked to help rebrand the grind. They've helped with our website, thegrindonsports.com, and they'll help with our social media. If you are looking to rebrand or make your name bigger, get with 42nd Street, 42sd.com. That's right off McCayman Street, right here in Maryville. Again, 42sd.com. Check out Mike. They'll take care of you. But we're going to take a break. Listen to these fine sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk about coaching changes on Jeremy Pruitt's staff, something that has been normal for his time on Rocky Top and just continues to happen. We'll talk about it all on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKBL.com. We'll be right back. Your hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM. Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Did you know most employers consider soft skills as important as the skills it takes to do a job? Soft skills include things like attitude, communication, teamwork, motivation, and time management. You can take your career to the next level by taking free soft skill classes at the Blunt County Public Library. Find complete class schedule and registration information at www.bluntchamber.com. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. 
El Jimador Mexican Grill, authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m., Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Jimador offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040 and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Jimador Mexican Grill, located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Jimador Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blunt County Sports. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Got golf? IguaniFarmsGolf.com 970-7132 Custom shirts, vinyl decals, and all things custom printing. That's what Night Shift Printing brings your way. If you need custom printed accessories, check out my man Jacob Carter of Night Shift Printing. You can contact them direct 321-6845 or via email at nightshiftprinting at gmail.com. That's K-N-I-G-H-T Shift Printing at gmail.com check them out on facebook and instagram you don't want to miss it it's well worth it we don't always promise to be perfect but we promise to give you our honest opinion this is sports radio from a fan's perspective you're listening to the grind on 100.9 fm 850 am rocky top sports And welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre. And as we grind it out here on a Tuesday edition, Jeff, I, I thought we'd get back on the on the track there at the break, and I, I just don't think it happened. No, not sure it didn't. Well, it wouldn't for lack of trying. That's right. I'll just say that. You know, we have – I don't know, anybody, just a little insight. One, one of these days we're going to have, like, one of those fancy cams or something in, in the studio. But, like, we have all these – all these things in studio that that's motivation, and and Jeff being a West Virginia fan, I don't think he has as much motivation as I, I do. I need to bring some stuff in. I really but, do. But Eric Berry's here. Uh, Alvin Kamar. I mean, not literally, but uh, a picture of here. Uh, yeah, I know, right? You're like where? <laughs> but uh, Alvin Kamara, Jason Witten, Marcus Nash, Raynock Thompson, uh, Reggie White, Peyton Manning, uh, Todd Helton, Jamal Lewis, Billy Williams, Alcoa's Billy Williams, R. A. Dickey. Uh, Derek Barnett and Jawan Jennings, uh, Ray Mears, Beatty Feathers, um, yeah, I mean, pretty, pretty. Oh, and John Ward. I do see John Ward. Yeah, little, oh, and Pat Summit, and then Boone. Picture of Boone, which is, I mean, it's like a mural. It's like an homage. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Ernie and Bernie, Ernie Grumfeld and Bernard King. Eric Stills back there. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't get any more uh, motivational than the WKVL studios. That's right. Some would argue, and I won't listen. 
But uh, as as we talk Tennessee football, all those names have basically a couple things in common. Uh, they both wore they all wore orange and white mostly, except for well, Boone went to Tennessee as grad grad school. So uh, all that being said, um, Tennessee has been the last few years a little bit of a carousel. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt come in, put together a pretty good staff year one, uh, and, and then year two going into year two transition transformation people leave people come you, you know you, you saw the exit of uh Tyson Helton and, and then in comes Jim Chaney you see moves around on the on the defensive side of the ball like Kevin Chair was the DC here comes Derek Ansley uh so there was a lot of moves last year and this year you're kind of like okay good we've got a good DC got a good OC head coach is, is staying put let's just kind of rock and roll T Martin was added last year um and you're like, let's just hold on to what we've got. But I'm going to tell you, this thing's not going to be fixed until Tennessee's in the top five in recruiting every year. And and the reason I say that is it wasn't, it wasn't a week after last year's National Signing Day. I don't know if you remember this or not. But it was noted that, that Jeremy Pruitt said, if we are not in the top five in recruiting, we're failing. Tennessee finished this class strong and, and finished well, and they're in the top ten. And they replaced three coaches. And don't get me wrong, some of them, you know, like Kevin Shearer, I think he went to the NFL as an opportunity came came open. But um, I'm not going to lie to you. The David Johnson thing, I think he wanted to be at Florida State. And I think there was a little bit of controversy the last few days about some of his comments about not trusting what was going on at Tennessee. That's just he didn't understand what was going on at Tennessee. So I think that move's one that was well made. Jay Graham comes back, so you bring a, a ball home again. Um, but then this one from yesterday, I'm going to go out and say this is direct correlation not to their coaching ability. This is to their recruiting ability. Tracy Rocker leaves Tennessee, goes to South Carolina, where obviously nobody wanted to be with Will Muschamp, and, and, and Chris Rumpf gets an opportunity in Houston to go coach with Bill O'Brien. I, and we already have their replacements. So to me, it's it's recruit or get out. And I think that's that's the mentality. Whether that's good or bad, I, I, it's yet to be seen. But I think you got to have horses in the stable to be able to do anything with them, and that's what Jeremy Pruitt's pushing right now. Yeah, you know, I looked at these names that are leaving and where they're going and things like that. And You know how bad it's got to be to go to South Carolina. <laughs> well, that was one thing I noticed about – who was it? Uh, Rocker, yeah. Rocker, I think that was his alma mater. And I think he also worked with Muschamp before. So, I don't know. I think that's what I read. I think Rump played at South Carolina, but Rocker Rocker might have played there. But I know Rump played there. But either way, I think Muschamp, when you're a defensive coach, you get along with him. Well, and and the other thing of that is, you know, if he played there, he may want to be there. And what I mean when I say that is, yeah, it's like Jay Graham. Right. Yeah. You, you're going to get the most out of me if I want to be there. You know, if I want to play for my alma mater, that's where I'm going to give it my all because once I get there, I'm going to be happy and I don't want to leave. I don't want to do something bad and then get rid of me. So you're going to get 110% of me if I'm happy where I'm at. Now, not saying he wasn't giving 110% at Tennessee, but I think you're going to see him – a little more dedicated, a little more committed at a place that he really wanted to be at. He actually, Tracy Rocker went to Auburn. 
He went to Auburn? Auburn. I don't know them. Either way. Rome did play at South Carolina. Okay. But well. either way, Tracy Rocker's one of those guys who he – how do I say this because I really like him? You know, when I went to that coaching clinic a year ago, he was one of the rooms that I stayed in the whole time. You know, a lot of times at those things, you just want to you want to get the experience. You want to you want to hear from this guy, and when it starts, you know, kind of muddying down, you you leave. You right. go check another coach. You, you can do the same and moving on. And I did that with everybody. I mean, I mean, guys like uh, uh, what's the Eagles uh, head coach now, or not the Eagles, the Colts head coach. Hey, there's a there's a spot that needs a quarterback, <laughs> the Colts. But well, uh, it, it depends. I mean, are, how bad do they want to stick with Brissett? Hmm. I feel like if that's a question, then they've already got more problems than either one of them quarterbacks want to deal with. But here's the thing. Frank Reich. Frank yeah. Reich's his name. I didn't stay the whole time for Frank Reich. I didn't stay the whole time for Jim Moore. You know, O.C. when Peyton was with the Colts. Uh, I stayed the whole time for Jim Chaney. I stayed the whole time for, for T. Martin. And I stayed the whole time for Tracy Rocker. And Tracy Rocker, from a development standpoint, from a I love you and I'm going to like teach you hard because I love you kind of thing, he's that guy. Tough love. But he's not going to be that guy that says, you know what, I'm, I'm going to make it a goal to be in eight cities today to recruit for University of Tennessee. I don't care if it was the University of Tracy Rocker. He's not going to want to do that. That's not his bag. You know, he's not, he's not that relentless recruiter. He's a recruiter. He can tell you what's good about the school, and he can tell you how he can develop you and tell you all the names that he's put in the league. But he's just not hungry. And that's been that's been M.O. from the time he showed up. Chris Rumpf's kind of the same same mold. I think Chris Rumpf's a little younger, so he can recruit a little bit more. And, and Tracy Rocker, you know, to give him credit, Kumar Rocker, pitcher at Vanderbilt, I mean, he wants to see his boy play. He's not interested in being, being in L.A., when his boy's pitching in in Nashville, right. So I think I think it's just not the best of fits at this point in 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 both Jeremy Pruitt's ascent and I think Tracy Rocker's latter part of his career. And I think I think ultimately Will Muschamp got a gem in, in Tracy Rocker from a development standpoint. And I think Chris Rump had to shoot the gap and and, and get an opportunity in the uh, in the NFL. But I think that, you know ultimately Pruitt is going to mold this staff and change this staff to a point that there's not a bad recruiter on it. And I think he added two pretty good recruiters. Uh, one guy was a, an analyst in, on the first staff and then got an on-the-field role at Akron. So he's just he's just returning to uh, Jeremy Pruitt. But then uh, Brumbaugh, uh, he was a coach, defensive line coach out at Colorado, Jimmy Brumbaugh. And, uh, and, and to me, if you can coach with Mel Tucker because he's another hard-nosed defensive guy, uh, it should be plug-and-play. Yeah, and that's and that's one thing I think that these guys understand is that if you're going to be successful, it starts at the beginning. You can't you can't just bring in anything and just hope for the best. You have to start at the beginning. You have to plan accordingly, and I think that begins with your recruits. And it makes it clear to me that Pruitt is bringing in people that has the same vision that he does. You know, that understands that if I bring these guys in young. And I, you know, I recruit really good. I can get these better players, and then I can mold them to be even better than that. I think you made the comment the other day that you know, what, what uh, great and good—the difference between the two. Yeah, yeah. Good's not great. Great's not uh, a, a like lasting moment in your life. Yes. And yeah, you know, it's just there's there's levels. I mean, you can be a good recruiter, 
But that's the difference between getting a four-star and getting a five-star. Exactly. That's the difference between, you know, one game back and being in Atlanta. And I, and I think that's what these guys see. Yeah. And I think that's what he wants to bring in because he wants that. He wants that ground-level approach. Well, and, and here's the thing. Everybody's like, well, you know, we're top ten. I, I mean, you know, he's got to he's got, – you got to grow. You got to get better. You got to do this. Guys, and, and I'm saying guys out there to anybody who's wanting to listen, on Rivals – we were seventh in the country, sixth in our conference. It's stupid. Like, it's ridiculous. But the thing is, that's the deal. Like, who who was ahead of us? Alabama, Georgia, and I think – I can't remember if Florida was ahead of us or not. But I think Florida but, was. But here's the thing. you got to play those guys every year. Yeah. So you're literally losing people that are going to be on the wrong side of the ball next year, the following year, the following year. And those are going to be NFL draft picks that don't go for Tennessee's name. That's going to go for Alabama. That's going to go for Georgia. So if you can't, if you can't be top five in the country, you can't be. You're you're not going to Atlanta, like the signal says. Georgia, Alabama, East, West. Period. Done. Over yeah. with. Florida's going to poke in there just because they can go a hundred hundred miles from campus and get a national championship, but just athletically and Georgia's in that same boat if they could just recruit their state and wouldn't have poachers <laughs> come in they would they would be just fine but you know here's the deal you have to be relentless on that early stage relationship i think that's what you're speaking to and and then ultimately you got to develop them so i mean it is it's a delicate balance because i think so many times i mean butch jones look at him probably this side of of this staff had one of the the more recruitable is that is that what I'm trying to say? The they can recruit as well as anybody in the country. We yes. could get anybody we wanted. You know, we plucked Trey Smith out of out of Tennessee. We, you know, we we went out and got Josh Dobbs out of Arizona, or we got him out of Georgia, but he was going to Arizona State. You you know, we went down and poked some guys away from Texas. You know, went and got guys from Big Ten schools. I mean, he got players here. He just couldn't develop them. Right. And so I, I think, you know, there's a balance that you've got to have. And I think Jeremy Pruitt has a lot of – he has a lot of belief in himself because he's the defensive guy. So if you're a defensive coach, you need to be a really good recruiter because he can do without you on the coaching side. Yep. And, and, and you know, maybe that's brash. Maybe that's whatever. But I think he's proven that. I mean, look at Alabama's staff. Every year they're replacing – here. The, I think the last three or four years they've replaced coordinators. Every year, yeah, they had to because uh, you, you know I remember I remember when Pruitt left. I think one guy went to the pros and Pruitt came here. Yeah, and then then they've got Sarkeesian now, so they're pretty safe. I don't think he's gonna he's gonna make those jumps anytime soon. So, um, all I can say is all I can say is is Pruitt, y- you've got to believe in him. You know, and, and that's the way I've always kind of been. You know, I can disagree with some decisions, you know, going forward at, on this point or not going forward on this point. But one thing I probably won't question Jeremy Pruitt on just from a fan's perspective is recruiting. Yeah. Guy knows what to do. Guy knows what it looks like, and he can and he puts people in place to do it. I think that's why Jim Chaney is here is because he knows Pruitt's going to let him work because he's worried about the defensive side of the football. I agree. But, you know, I, I wish the best for Tracy Rocker, Chris Rumpf. Both those guys, while they were here, worked hard for Tennessee. But the thing is, fit and function means everything. You know, and if, you, if, you're, if you're not going after these recruits, they're not going to walk in the door. Tennessee's not that 
and, and, and a lot of Tennessee fans stick with me here because you're not going to – when I first start this conversation, it's not going to sound real happy. We're not that, that – uh, we're not that L.A. We're not that Florida school. We're not that while you're not in class, you can go to the beach. <laughs> you know, we're not that, uh, you, you know, whatever you want to say. Like, you, you know, a lot of people have a, a lot of kinship with like Notre Dame or Ohio State or Penn State even or Texas. We're in that discussion. I think Tennessee is a historical program, but you got to want to be at Tennessee. Yes. Now, now, granted, I'll, I'll fully agree with the statement that Philip Former said, if you get them on campus, it's about over. Because it's just a campus that that gives you a lot. You're on the river. You know what I'm saying. You've got the mountains in the background. You've got a hundred thousand seat stadium. You've got the facilities that could change the world. It's a great atmosphere. So I think it is a matter of getting them on campus. But it's getting them on campus because you are battling those Southern cows. You are battling Florida, Florida State. You are battling Clemson's now. Clemson's poached out of Knoxville more than anybody in in recent history. You know what I'm saying? They they they're uh, they're now turned NFL prospect T Higgins Knoxville, well Oak Ridge, but uh, Amari Rogers, close enough. Amari Rogers, T Martin's son, Catholic. <laughs> you know, uh, one of Catholic's big offensive linemen this past year that was a four or five star athlete, Clemson. So what I'm saying is you've got to be, you've got to beat the poachers out of your own state, and then you've got to go to their place and steal some recruits. So it's about being about the business and getting after it. And and like I said, I think Pruitt's gonna he's gonna flip this pancake as many times as it's got to flip until he thinks it's done. Right. And yeah. I think that's that's where these coaching changes come from. I like Jimmy Brumbaugh. Like I said, it, it, you don't see you know his name's not in the top you know top five of of recruiters. It's not necessarily top five if you rated defensive line coaches. But I think he understands uh, the philosophy that Mel Tucker brings to the table, likes the edge that he's going to bring to Tennessee, and knows that he's willing to, to recruit. I think he's, he's done some things, even in the first couple classes with Mel Tucker, because he cleaned up the first class and then was part of this whole series, and they recruited really well. And that's what you want. You want these guys in here that are going to have the same mindset that you do, and aren't going to fight you, aren't going to be paddling a different direction when you're trying to get everybody going one way. You know, that's... Well, and he's coached with a lot of good defensive minds. Uh, he coached at Kentucky with Mark Stoops, who I think is now turning into what you would call a, a really uh, one of the top defensive minds in the conference. Uh, I think you know he coached with Mel Tucker, who obviously did enough to get a head coaching job at Colorado, and now he's going to coach with Jeremy Pruitt. So I think he's he's he knows what it's like to have a defensive head coach, and I think that's that's a big thing too. Because if you've you've always had offensive head coaches, uh, you, there's a little different dynamic, I would think. Yeah, you probably go to the wayside a little bit, I'd say. Right, but uh, nonetheless, you know, I, everybody's like, "Do you think the the coaching carousel's over with?" I don't know. I mean, I'd like to think so, but I, something tells me probably not. I mean, if the right thing falls, if right, if the right situation drops, then it's open for discussion. And I think Jeremy Pruitt will move this thing as much as he needs to 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 feel like he's he's in a place to to be successful. I think he loves Tennessee. I think he loves what's going on here. But he's not interested in being mediocre here. He wants to win now. I think so too. And he's got all he's got a lot of pieces in place to be able to do that. But uh, we're going to take our last break of the day. Listen to more great sponsors when we come back. We're going to talk XFL. XFL has been the inaugural weekend. The second go-around has happened. 
and uh, a lot of fireworks. We'll talk a little bit about what we talked yesterday and then get Jeff's take on what the XFL brought in week number one. We'll be right back. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming. But Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Whitlock & Company Certified Public Accountants features accounting services for individuals and businesses. Serving Blount County for over 30 years, everything from income tax preparation services to personalized accounting plans for small businesses and large corporations with over 100 employees for a full range of accounting services, including payroll processing, bookkeeping, individual and business tax returns, compilation, review, and assurance services. It's Whitlock & Company, PC, 375 Fountain View Circle in Alcoa, Tennessee, 37701. Phone 865-984-1040 or 865-981-9638 or visit Whitlock & Company online at whitlockcpa.com. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Rural King is proud to offer firearms and ammunition at the lowest prices every day in our stores and online at rkguns.com. And if you're looking for consistent performance from a long rifle round, look no further than Armscore. A box of 50, 22 long rifle, 36 grain, high velocity hollow point rounds from Armscore is just $199. Check out rkguns.com for an amazing selection because firearms and ammunition will continue to be part of an important American American tradition at Rule King, America's farm and home store. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online. TheGrindOnSports.com. That's TheGrindOnSports.com. Spring fishing is upon us. I'm Don King for your Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency, reminding you to schedule some time to unplug and spend a day outdoors. Take someone you love to one of the many beautiful fishing spots we've been blessed with here in Tennessee. Visit tnwildlife.org to find one near you. Custom shirts, vinyl decals, and all things custom printing. 
That's what Night Shift Printing brings your way. If you need custom printed accessories, check out my man Jacob Carter of Night Shift Printing. You can contact them direct 321-6845 or via email at nightshiftprinting at gmail.com. That's K-N-I-G-H-T, shiftprinting at gmail.com. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram. You don't want to miss it. It's well worth it. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we grind it on a Tuesday edition. Jeff, uh, we've we've talked where we think Rivers and Brady and all these other people are going to have opportunities. We've talked coaching changes for the Vols. Now let's talk a little bit of XFL. One, it's the first time we've been able to talk on air since the, the, the first weekend kind of happened. What was your take? And then two... Is this league legit? I loved it. I, I I mean, to me, it was it was fun to watch. That one of the worries that we talked about last week that really was a concern for me was would the games go too fast? You know, the play clock doesn't stop the or the the game clock doesn't stop. And I was I mean I was really concerned. Like, I mean, these games gonna be like an hour and a half and then it's done. But that wasn't the case. You know, I, I I would watch this game and watch this game and watch this game and think, oh man, we're in the no, first quarter. What still? And I mean, the play was quick. It was fast. There wasn't no delays. There wasn't no extended breaks. Um, for me, it was a one hundred percent successful first weekend. So so did you? Uh, what was your favorite takeaway from the weekend? And you can't say Pat McAfee. Because, oh. <laughs> yeah, that would have been – You knew that was coming, too. Well, I mean, it was my favorite. I mean, you talk about somebody who just he was trash awesome. talk. Yes. He was like, don't be too mean to him. Like, yeah, going to the handshake. It was – you know, the, how transparent the game was was one thing that I really, really liked. You know, from the fact that the guys up in the booth – all the reviews, booth. You know, the guys on the field – they were they were either calling the stuff on the field or if it was a review, it's out of our hands. Explaining it, yeah. You you you're you're gonna talk through it with me and you're gonna say, Okay, here you go. This is what you got. This is what it is, this is what we're seeing. And okay, now hold on a second, put the ball on this yard line and here's your play clock. Okay, cool, go. You know, that's awesome. I love the interaction with the coaches to the player. Like I don't know if you remember yes. the Renegade and, and Battlehawks game right there at the end when when Jordan Tamu uh, I guess they had a radio issue. You know, in the NFL, if you have a radio issue, they, like, stop play, and the other team oh, yeah. has to do the same thing. In the XFL, it's like, sorry about your luck, buddy. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, do the best you can. So what they were having to do was coordinator to coach, and coach was having to talk to the player. Somehow that, that triangle wasn't working. So anyway, they got a little little hesitant with a 25-second play clock that was running down. He had to call a timeout. And Tamu was, like, hot. 
Like he came over there and like, you have to get me to play faster. You have to get faster at his head coach. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the head coach just tapped him on, on the shoulder and went, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And I'm like, that is, you know, because there's that dynamic that, that you just don't know. Like you see, you know, I'm trying to think, you know, you see Jeremy Pruitt chew on an offensive lineman. Or you see, you know, you see coaches that, that you know, are just real stoic. And, you know, they like I think Nick Saban is more stoic than he ever has been, but he still has those moments where he just trips oh, yeah. out. But, you know, there's those moments where he just has his arms crossed and it's like, you know, and then you see him cover the mic on his uh, – on his headset, and it's like somebody just got it. Yeah, so you're like that dynamic is going to be exposed. We didn't see it in week one because you know I, I don't know that there was necessarily those moments, and and plus it was week one, everybody was kind of getting the feel. But I'll be interested when because I mean there was some uh, colorful yes. uh, language in yes. there that that just kind of worked its way on out, but. Uh, I guess my favorite thing was is like it was instant. Everything was instant. Like when a big play happened, there was oh uh, Co- well, it wasn't Cole Kublick. It was uh, Brock Heward. Yeah, Brock Heward or Pat McAfee, like in their face. Like, what'd you think about that? And he's like, <laughs> Yeah, you know, breathing you, heavy. You had tons of that, and it wasn't just good plays either. The first game I watched on <laughs> Saturday, dude missed a field goal, and then five seconds later, he's got a mic in his face. What happened? Yeah, and that's that's Ooh. where that's where uh, must see TV happens right yeah. there. But no, I loved it. I thought it was more backed, if that makes any sense. I don't know how how engaged you were in the AAF, but like to me, it was very. There's the NFL. You can see the lights, the 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 skyline of the NFL, but it's way over there, and we're the AAF. We're gonna do our own thing. We can we can handle this. This deal, I mean. Troy Aikman was there. There oh, was yeah. a lot of uh, there was a lot of interest. There was a lot of social media presence of of pro athletes going. I'm checking out the XFL, or yes. I'm doing this, or I'm doing that. It seemed more legitimate. And even though I don't know what one thing that I thought was weird, and this is total me being a brand person. Do you know who makes the uniforms? No, me neither. And I don't know that it bothers me, but to me. Like those were little pieces that the AAF thought was ultimately important. They thought, oh, we've got to know who makes the uniforms and that's got to be a big logo and blah, 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 blah. They were just worried about the product on the field in this league. And that's what I loved. Well, and that's one of the things that I noticed was, you know, you had all these things. We talked about it last week. Rule changes, different things, double forward pass, overtime changes kickoff changes, all of these changes. And I was expecting a week one, maybe we're going to fumble through some of this stuff. None of it. Mm. There wasn't uh, oh, there wasn't um, penalties and there wasn't procedural mm. problems. We didn't have any of that. These guys knew what they were doing. And to me, that spoke volumes of, yeah, we made some changes and they were for the better. What's holding everybody else back? But I think that's that's the difference in the AAF trying to push it out there. And there wasn't – I mean, they may have practiced maybe for two or three months. And the, the XFL, although be it the draft was later, I would say any prospective athlete that was going to be an XFL athlete had the, the rule book early. Oh, yeah. Early. So, And I think they're getting a higher caliber player. I think there's a lot of – there's a lot of guys with tread still on the tires, whereas in the AAF, the probably the best player in the AAF was Trent Richardson. Yeah, and I mean that's a that's a stretch. I mean he he had the tires bald before he left Alabama, 
and he blew them out a few times in the NFL. And here's here's another aspect too. Think about when this league ends, hmm. and then when the NFL draft is, because when you get to the end of that round seven, hey, come make money with us. Yeah, you know you you you've done your time in college. You're young. Come make some money with us. And 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 there's been discussion about this, and this is a, a conversation that we'll just see how it works. I think I think getting to year two is the XFL's number one. But but you know the whole being a professional athlete and and being two years removed from from high school and that that conversation. I'm just interested in in what rules are in place or what they're going to do to keep the XFL from poaching a little bit. I don't know. Or is there going to be a rule? Or is this the new thing? Like because honestly. I mean, there's those guys, I guess, that go go to the league, work, you know, play five years, play six years, and then go have a career. But more times than not, if it's one of those that you're you're going to go to the NFL, you're going to make enough money to where you don't really have a professional life post, right? You know, so I'm wondering if it's not one of those deals. What kind of like basketball? You know, why are we still fighting this? You know, I wonder what is the earliest that people can just go to the xfl you know can they come right out of high school and go to the xfl see i don't i'm assuming that groundwork's laid but i, I don't know those answers but i would think that that there needs especially in football there needs to be some limitations because you could literally have like a 25 year old guy going against an 18 year old oh yeah you know what i'm saying and that's that's not healthy <laughs> no for either one really because the 18 year old's faster than he thinks he is and the 25 year old he thinks he's as fast as he wants to be I'm interested. It, it, but I think that will happen. I think, I think so. I think it's going to be, you know, it may be like baseball rules. I like that 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 mindset. You know, maybe you could get on an XFL practice squad right out of high school, but you can't physically start on the right. on the game days until you're two years removed from high school. Or, you know, because Trey Smith was, I mean, he was ready as a freshman to go to the, the, go to the XFL, guaranteed. Yeah. He was ready right now. He'd have been a first-round pick for the XFL right now. He might have been the pick. But, you know, there's not a lot of guys like Trey Smith. So what I'm saying is is I think there needs to be some limitations there, but it may be like baseball where you can leave right out of high school and go to the XFL, and but it's going to be a practice squad kind of deal, like minor league, whatever. And then, and then uh, y- you know, or if you choose to go to college, you got to stay three years. Yeah. Either way. I don't know. I'm excited. Whole season. Can't wait. Right, now, are you are you still sold out to the Renegades? The Renegades. Only the Renegades. Only the Renegades. See, I'm still I'm still waffling, and there you know there's not a waffle team out there. So anyway, I'm I'm still waffling. I have the the Renegades. I like it. It's just hard to root for Bob Stoops just because he was a defensive coordinator at Florida with Spurs. You got to let that go. I, I mean, some things go deep, buddy. Some things <laughs> go deep. But and then how mummy he was at he was at Kentucky. I remember when they used to do vol calls with a mummy up on the stage, and people would throw things <laughs> at it. Like I remember those. And, and but anyway, I mean, bygones be bygones. Right? They will rebound. But uh, so Dallas Renegades uh, are in the mix for for the fandom. Uh, I also like the New York Guardians. I think uniforms are awesome. They did look really good, and, and Matt McGloin looked awesome. And then uh, my final, uh, my final, my bronze category at this point is the uh, Houston Roughnecks. They look good too. You know why? 
because they looked like the Washington Sentinels that off helmet the replacements. looked awesome. Yeah, I know, right? But anyway, we've grounded out on Tuesday. Don't miss Top of the Hour, Jason Swain and the Swain event. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and yes, grind on. We'll see you tomorrow. You don't want to miss it.